welcome to episode 142 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner. The Natty Hattie. And Craig Morgan. I don't even know what to say anymore. He stole your line. I'm Luke Lipinski. Leftovers is here as well. Leftovers is uh, waving to the listening audience, which is always productive. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Uh, um, I mean, we're here. We're here early. Yeah, I was actually, I got here one minute early, like you asked. <laughs> You did ask us to get here early, didn't you? I think the idea was to start the show a little bit earlier. You than, did you not know, say that. I, I think, well, you know, I think Jamie understood what I was implying. That we did. I he mean, inferred. For yeah, us, this is, this is starting the show early. We only okay. spent 11 well, minutes talking for about you, nothing. Yes. Wow. Jamie and I are always prepared to start the show early. Really? Because you're never prepared so to Chris. start the show on time. I don't call him leftovers. I call him Chris. Hmm. The name his parents gave him. You should respect it. Jamie, are you going to take that? That, so he was of, talking to you, not me. No, I know, but he but he's respecting leftovers. Eh, you know, everybody makes some mistakes. Okay. Nobody's perfect. Let's uh, let's let's. Can we start by looking at the playoff picture? Let's just start there. Okay. We're two weeks away from puck drop on the Stanley Cup playoffs, which means we're about a week and a half away from the end of the regular season, and there is a lot still up for grabs, really. Um, starting in the Atlantic. Yeah, it's mostly positioning, by the way, because when I looked at this, there's. The, I suppose Dallas has an outside shot of getting in in the Western Conference, but I don't see that happening. They'd have to win games, though. Yeah, <laughs> like win all the games that they have left. So there are really only two teams right now on the outside of the playoff race looking in that could get in, Florida in the East and Colorado in the West, which is pretty interesting, actually. I think I think in past years, if you looked at it, there are more, more spots or more teams vying for those wildcard spots than we're seeing this year. But in terms of the uh, positioning... There are a lot of things still up for grabs. And as, as long as you want to start in the Atlantic, Boston and Tampa Bay are set to play a huge game for first place. Yeah, you know, Tampa Bay has been locked into the top spot really in the NHL until Nashville went on that crazy mm-hmm. run, but certainly the top spot in that division for a while. And yet Boston has just, they just haven't lost much in 2018. And we looked at, at how big of a gap the Lightning had on Toronto when we were you know, back in December or whatever. And as good as Toronto was playing, we're like, there's no way anybody's going to catch Tampa Bay. The Bruins have just been absolutely insane since the calendar flipped. And they're now one point back of Tampa, like you said, with the game in hand and a game against them coming up. Yeah, I think that's tomorrow night. They, they did lose last night in Winnipeg in a shootout, which I really don't even consider a loss. But I... <sighs> I don't know what to make of the Bruins. I, I still am not certain that this is a team that's going to make a deep playoff run, but they have surprised me all, all season long. They have, uh, I don't know if you guys looked at their schedule over the final two weeks. They play nine games in the last two weeks of the season. That is a, a really tough schedule. They have they have some travel within it. I can't help but wondering if they're going to hit the playoffs a little bit fatigued from having yeah. to play that schedule down the stretch. And the problem that they have, by the way, 32 7 and is that right? Wow! In two thousand, since since mid December, thirty two seven and six. Mm. That'll usually get the job done. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's pretty pretty effective. Um, they have dropped three of their last five, but they've all been overtime or shootout losses. But to Craig's point, it, it's not just the fact that they play a bunch of games here down the stretch. Their first round matchup is going to be Toronto unless they catch Tampa, who they do play twice down this uh, stretch. Their, their last. Their games remaining, though, are all against potential playoff teams. Like, they're going to decide if Florida gets in. They play Tampa twice, Florida three times somehow, Philadelphia once. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That is, that is weird that they play the Panthers three times. And Panthers Ottawa. can't be happy about that either, but no, they, no. They're, they're scratching and clawing <laughs> trying to get in, and New Jersey just keeps winning too. So 
Yeah, I see what you did there because they're Panthers, so that's why they were scratching. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, New Jersey has been winning. We'll, we'll get to them in just a second. But, you know, typically you get to this point in the season and it's nice to be first place in your division, but it doesn't necessarily mean all that much once the playoffs start. It means a lot to Boston. Uh, I would say even more so than Tampa, but neither one of them want to play Toronto in the first round. Like the drop-off from one of the – you're either playing Toronto or Florida or New Jersey in the first round. Having That's a big said difference. that, do you do you see the Maple Leafs as capable of making a deep playoff run this year, given their path? No, I do not. But I, I mean, I stole it from Tampa or Boston. I still rather play the Devils, but or Florida, or Florida, but or I, Philadelphia, I, by the way, which that's not out of yeah. questions because Florida has three games in hand on the Flyers and they're five points back. It's true. That's true. I just have a hard time seeing Toronto getting through Boston and Tampa Bay. I, I just I don't think they're better than them, and they don't think they're more a complete team than either of those teams. I just I just can't see it happening, even if they get hot. Well, they will just... be when they get Oliver Ekman Larson, of course, <laughs> for, for this playoff run. <laughs> right. They trade. Uh, I think it's Tyler Bozak for him. The so. pre-playoff trade and a couple draft yeah. picks. I think Throw the way that a couple draft picks. the way that works for Toronto to benefit them most is they get OEL for the start of the playoffs, but they don't even have to give up Bozak till the off season, right? Yeah, that's how it works. It's a Bozak to be named later, basically. So. With Tampa's schedule down the stretch, like Boston's is so weird because of all the games against Florida. Does Tampa wake up here? I mean, they've, they've been starting Louis Domingue lately, so it makes me wonder if there's a huge sense of urgency. No offense to him, but Vasilevsky was, is a Vezina. Yeah, and Vasilevsky had shown some, I, I think maybe maybe they're looking at him and saying he's showing signs of fatigue from this grind because he's played a lot of games and he has not been you know, the Vezina caliber player that we saw earlier in the season, so... Maybe they're trying to get him rested up. Of course, the danger there is playing Louis Domingue, who was not very good against the Coyotes. Gave up, gave up a goal from the boards to Trevor Murphy and gave up a, a, a second goal where he was just entirely out of position. Well, they've played him twice in their last five games, like three times in their last eight games. I, I don't think that that is... That wouldn't be their plan if they were fighting for a playoff well, spot. Well, also, mm-hmm. Vasilevsky has said, flat out said, he's tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, he is tired. I, I get that, and, and you obviously, I mean, if your goalie's going to be that open about it, you need to make sure you account for that. But, again, there's a, they're one point away from playing Toronto in the first round. If you can get, chances are, if you can just get the top spot in the Atlantic, you almost have a first-round buy, or as close to one as well, you're going to get they, when you're as loaded as Tampa. They may be looking at those two games against Boston, too, as critical games. Again, the Bruins do have a game in hand, but if Tampa can somehow get three out of four points in those games, or, or even split, they may be thinking with Boston's schedule... We can still hang on to this thing. I don't know. Tampa closes with Buffalo and Carolina. So well, there you go. Buffalo points. isn't trying anymore, although they, they did get a win. As we talked about earlier, they, they just eye who's ahead of them, and if it's more than a two-point gap, they feel like they can win one game. I'm going to pull up our poll from, uh, from last week while you guys talk. But uh, Buffalo, I know, finished last in terms of they got the least amount of votes for, for which NHL team that, that could potentially win the lottery would mm-hmm. irritate the most NHL fans if they won the lottery. That's interesting to me because I think Buffalo would annoy me almost as much as Edmonton. Yeah, I just think people are just apathetic about the Buffalo Sabres, and just in general. They or, are or the there. entire city. Yeah, Buffalo. well, that too. Wow. Did the Bills make the playoffs? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. So here's your, uh, here's your results from last week. All right, mm-hmm. decent turnout too. Right around 500 votes. The uh, which potential NHL draft lottery winner would in- ir- infuriate hockey fans the most? I can read my own writing. The Oilers, 58 percent. Blackhawks, 33 percent. Rangers, 7 percent. And two percent of people, which apparently was just Craig clicking over and over again, picked the Sabers. But figured that out. There, there is something incognito. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put like a fake mustache on each time you clicked? To, 
the uh, Buffalo after what they pulled a couple years ago, where you could you could tell like it was comedic. It, yeah, trading your goalie after two good games in a row twice. Yes, yes. was comedic. It, it was the literally the, the second time I've ever believed that a professional sports team is truly tanking the Indianapolis Colts or the other when they were trying to get Andrew Luck. But yeah, I, they were they were actively trying to tank. And just to be clear, you don't really follow the NBA that closely. The NBA. Yeah. Okay. Because no. otherwise, Aren't I, there could, I could like find seven teams tanking yeah, every year. But Buffalo, that 2015 Buffalo Sabers are the only team in the NHL that I've ever felt like okay. Once once they got within a point of the team that was right in front of them, everybody sat basically. Yeah, and, it was. And th- and then once they on. got like four points back, then they started playing again. It was. <laughs> So that they might bother me the most because here we are again. They got Jack Eichel out of that draft, and they're still terrible. Are we talking about the race for the bottom now? I thought this was coming later in the show. No, I'm sorry. We're just kind of going division by division because so. <laughs> that was a you know it was a nice segue into the new draft lottery odds. But you know if you want to avoid that for now, that's fine. I just I feel like you're on the show, Luke. I feel yes. like we should table that. That's like the dessert that everybody's okay, waiting so for. So this okay. that was a tease. Let's call yes, that a tease. That's right. That's okay. foreshadowing. Okay. Metro division. Nobody's clinched a playoff spot. <laughs> Why? Uh, Everybody's kind of okay. Yeah. It's a mediocre division, which is amazing after last year. I don't know. Who, okay, let's, through the East right now. Well, we know what happened to Washington, right? I think Pittsburgh's probably tired. Pittsburgh's tired. Columbus is, this is Columbus. This is what they are. Yeah, Columbus is. They're a good team. They're a good not They're hot again, right? They might finish really close to what they did last season. Isn't that like a dramatic show on TV right now? Say that again. I like that title. This is Columbus. They're they're a good, not great team. Oh, no, this is. That's what they are. Yeah. This is Columbus, yes. Yeah. This, stop right there. That's, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> this is Col- Columbus? A yeah. good, not great team could be the title of episode one. Yeah. They're 9-1 they're and one in their last 10 games. They are. So. It's neat. That's nice. <laughs> are they getting out of the first gonna... round? <laughs> no. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect from Pittsburgh in the first round. They're either going to just obliterate Columbus or. I expect Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin to take the ice. Yeah. So but, I give them the advantage. But I don't know who's going to be playing goal. Which could be a potential issue. I know it's Pittsburgh playoff time. We know this. Who's going to be in net? We, yeah. we got it. It'll be Is Chris Letang new. healthy? Healthy enough. Well, there you go. I mean, um, count your lucky does, stars. does Pittsburgh road road record concern you? Because they have by far the worst road record of any playoff team. I can't figure out if Pittsburgh. Yeah, it does concern me. I can't figure out if Pittsburgh is is pulling a San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. slash New England Patriots at this point. I, I guess the Patriots don't do this, but kind of coasting. Knowing Time will tell, but when you've won two straight titles, I think you understand what's required, so you prepare for the playoffs. Just get in at this point. Yeah. I, I think teams with this much experience don't worry so much about their standing. But see, yes, like, go I, ahead. I go, understand go, that. With, let me hear your pen, Penguin fan angst right now. Go ahead, express <laughs> it. This isn't really necessarily so much about the Penguins, but like that's the example I'll use because we're talking about that. Oh, it's um, convenient. I, I, I understand the, the logic of... You know, what you just said, it's a marathon and you've been through all the way through the playoffs the last two years, so mm-hmm. maybe you're resting guys up or whatever. But if you look at this team, Malkin's played 73 games, Crosby's played 77. They've got a combined 177 points. Those are the guys that I'd be worried about resting. And, and Chris Letang, who's played 74 games. So, I mean, I'm not really worried about Connor Sheary and Jake Gensel wearing out. It's only their second third years, basically. Mm-hmm. So the main guys are playing every night. Well, I'm, I might look at the very end of the season in terms of a you know a possibility to rest them. You could probably go right into that final weekend oh, and yeah. say, okay, you got this weekend off, which gives you pretty close to a week off, and that's that's probably enough to recharge. Also, how much does one home game matter to you if you're Pittsburgh? Right. 
Yeah, what's um, the worst case scenario? You can you look at the road, right? You can look at the road record, but do you really believe Pittsburgh doesn't know how to win on the road? Like they're gonna, you're gonna have to go into Washington in the second round, and you're gonna win because it's Washington. It's Washington, and, and it's the, the second round. And you're gonna have to go into Tampa Bay or Boston already. So really, you are you're playing the rest of the season. I mean, I guess you have to, you know, technically pretend like you're playing because there are a couple teams that could guess could catch you. But you're basically playing for one home game versus Columbus in round one. And I don't believe Columbus gets to a game seven, so it won't matter. Yeah, but, I mean, they're one point up on Columbus, two points up on Philadelphia, and four points up on New Jersey, and the Devils have a game in hand. I mean, if you start dropping, you're playing Tampa in the first round or Boston. Pittsburgh has no chance of beating Boston. Or Washington, yeah. Yeah, well, Washington. Actually, being the number one wildcard team isn't the end of the world either. I want to see Pittsburgh Philadelphia in the first round, both for the you know the rivalry and and to watch Luke. Yes, yeah, uh, good for you. Yeah. Let's get to the Blackhawks playoff matchup now. Okay. Oh, okay. Silence. Sitting just ahead of the Vancouver Canucks in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's before the before thing. we fully switch to the Western Conference, I'm, this is going to be partially that. Which team do you have? And I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm still going to ask this anyway. Which team do you have less confidence in now than you did midseason? Tampa Bay or Vegas when it comes to how they're entering the postseason? I mean, the obvious answer is the team that didn't exist before eight months ago. But both teams are just kind of they're – not, they're not playing bad. They're just, they're just there. I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball. It feels like Nashville, Nashville and Winnipeg really just have taken you off. You can't choose a third option if he doesn't give you a third option. No, no, option. but I know he expects me. You can't throw me a curveball opening days tomorrow. He expe- expects me. I'm going to throw a knuckle puck at you. He expects me to say Vegas. Yes, but I, a, I'm I leading, never, my, my leading question is on is for you to say Vegas. I never had any confidence in you Vegas. You can finish it with, it's Vegas, isn't it? It's I, I've that, that would be your leading question. Definitely been the one of the three of us. When you both were saying they were going to the Stanley Cup or at least conference the conference final. finals, I've absolutely been saying they could I, go out. They the first still round. could. The Pacific sucks. It does, but I actually have. <laughs> is he? Are you gloating over there before Me? the playoffs He's even started? About yeah. You who had the Blackhawks doing what this year? Finishing with about seventy-two points and right. fighting for Ross and Stalin. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the record again, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody can hear that. He shot you down. Whatever. Uh, you would anybody that has listened to this show knows I haven't had much confidence in Vegas in a seven-game playoff series against almost anybody. Okay. I'm still saying it while they're in first place in the Pacific. So I have about the same amount of confidence in them as I did midseason. I mean, they're a good team. But Tampa Bay, I thought, would definitely win the Cup. And now I would say, instead of 99% confidence, I'm about 91% confident. So that's a draw. Okay, so you're, still, so you're still high on them. Yeah, but Vasilevsky worries me. Yes, I'm worried that their goaltender is tired and their backup goaltender can't stop any pucks and hasn't been able to for five years. And I don't like, I mean, they are well, one point away. Well, he did have away. that one nice run. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, he had a good 10-game run. I, I don't like the, nice. the potential <laughs> path. If their path to the cup is Toronto, Chad then Johnson Boston. Chad Johnson had a good 10-game run, too. Then Pittsburgh. Boston. Do you really want to talk about Chad Johnson right Not now? Not really. Okay, because <laughs> we can go down that path. Uh, that's going to be a side podcast. If Tampa Bay's run has to go through Toronto, Boston, and Pittsburgh to get to the Stanley Cup or Washington in the third round, who whatever. will be in the Nashville in the Cup final? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll make it through all that. Yeah, that's that's a tough road. Come on, I, I don't think anybody will make it through that. So, um, over to the Western Conference. Okay, and into the let's let's go to the Pacific since we're talking about Vegas. San Jose's look good. Deep sigh until yeah. last night. Yeah, when they ran into. The newest, hottest team in the NHL, the St. Louis Blues. Did yeah. anyone see this coming? Didn't they wave the white flag they did. when they traded Paul Stasny? Didn't we last all think, year? okay, they're giving up? Didn't they do this last year when they traded did, Kevin Shattenkirk? Didn't we literally yeah. ask, what is St. Louis doing? Did they just give up? Yeah. 
And it looked like they had for a while because they really slipped in the standings, and here they are now in the first wild card spot. So maybe that's what it's going to be in the Western Conference outside of Nashville. It's just going to be whoever gets hot at the right time. And those two teams right now are definitely San Jose and St. Louis and Winnipeg. Winnipeg's one of the You still, still got to give Winnipeg a little bit more credit. Yeah. I will continue to beat that drum. No, I mean, I, I, I do. I like that team. I, but as far as the other six playoff teams plus a couple potential contenders to get in, I think it's really just going to come down to somebody's going to get hot and make yeah. it to the Western Conference Finals that we just nobody's been talking about all year. Yeah, it's a shame that we're going to have to see Nashville, Winnipeg in the second round. But boy, that's going to be a fun series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You're not giving Minnesota any chance there, huh? No. Okay. Yeah. You're spying, you're Minnesota still, still has to hang on to the third spot, but they probably will. They're winning enough to do that. Minnesota. I don't have any faith in Minnesota either, no. in spite of the fact that Eric Stahl has had a, just an incredible season. Yeah, he's like the under-the-radar Mm-hmm. Hart Trophy candidate that's never going to get mentioned. Yeah. No, nope, he's not going to win. He's not even going to be a finalist. Because, no. you know, Connor McDavid is doing so much for a team that's languishing near the bottom of the Western Conference, so half the Canadian media will vote for him. Well, Minnesota wouldn't be in the playoffs without Eric Stahl. That's, yep. I, I'm they pretty confident. And Edmonton would, oh, never mind. Hmm. They'd be pretty close to where they are. Yeah, they, they, you know what, they might, have, they might have gotten Nalene if they... Well, they won't anyway. Well, yeah, what especially now with the 18.5% chance of landing that day. <laughs> is, there, is there really a, a legitimate push to make McDavid the Hart Trophy winner? There is. Oh, there is. Have push. you seen hockey Twitter the last two nights? Uh, yeah. Ooh. But I thought... I, okay. Maybe I'm naive, but I thought people were just joking around. No. No. They are dead serious. <laughs> and you know the, the name that's like... <laughs> It's fallen out of a lot of people's mention. Kucherov, there are a lot of people who like, yeah, don't even have yeah. him as a finalist now. Yeah. And well, I know McDavid's leading in points now, but... Let's, good. Here, let, let me just do... Um, let's see, how abstractly can I do this? One player is a Canadian who plays for a Canadian team. One player is a Russian who plays for a team on the Sun Belt. Hmm. Uh, do you see right. any problems there? No, I'm just I'm throwing out potential... Uh, I'm just throwing out facts. And hey, we can make there's also Evgeny Malkin... Who is also a Russian player. Yeah. And he has what he has working against him is um he's been successful before, so he can't yeah, possibly he made, ever win again. Yeah, yeah, he's made he made that mistake yeah. of being good in the past. Yeah. What a what a failure. Did we we did this last week, I know, but who are your three finalists right now? We can do this every week now. Yeah. We can. Until I I'm gonna have a uh, uh, my Craigslist this Sunday we'll be handing out the awards. One week early, of course, but I'm ready to do it. Uh, I still have McKinnon. I'd still get the McKinnon. Yep, Malkin. We're, we're unanimous there. Malkin has to be up. Malkin doesn't. He's number two in the NHL in goals and number three in total points. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Pittsburgh would be in the playoffs if Malkin was hurt. They'd be like in New Jersey's spot fighting yeah. to get in right now, which is only four points short of where they are. So those two for sure. Uh, I'd probably go McKinnon, Malkin, Kopitar. Kopitar's on my list too, because he's a complete player and he's sixth in points right now. And if LA gets in. I do, I do think, again, I do think playoffs matter, so if he lifts them into the playoffs, he's probably on my finalist list. Kucherov, though, I mean... It's hard to leave him off, yeah. right? It's hard. He would be my third, I he think. He might be my third ahead of Malkin, actually. To, in fairness to McDavid, he does have 40 goals and 102 points. It, it's McDavid's done, excellent. It's no, done no, nothing. Nobody's he's a great player. Are we voting simply for the best player in the league? Fine, let's give it now to Connor McDavid yes. every year. For the next ten years, but then shouldn't that's, Crosby have won last year yes, when McDavid but I, won? I, that's not my only. That's not the only thing I look at, and I, I know people get hung up on like one definition of MVP. I think you have multiple factors that you weigh when you're deciding who the MVP is. His value to his team should matter, but what does value to his team mean? Yes, if you took McDavid off Edmonton, 
they'd probably be in last in the NHL standings. But the the bottom line is they're way out of a playoff spot even with him. So no way he's getting consideration in my book. The bottom line, the real bottom line, even more of a bottom line than the one Craig just threw out there, is... Oh, the, even lower. Yeah. Okay. The argument that was made for McDavid to win last year is Edmonton wouldn't have made the playoffs without him. So now we're changing the argument for him yeah, to win this year. It, it always does. This always happens. It changes to fit whatever narrative is, is Oh, you mean is what, the, the argument people made last year? Yeah, for him to... I mean... It's but, it's not a joke that he won last year by any means, and right. we had this debate a lot last year. But he didn't have a lot of goals last year, and Crosby had a better year. Look at his current rush. Right, his current streak right now is just this is quintessential garbage time. He's putting up tons of points in garbage time. And I think that's a good I don't point care. Too. That's a good point too. He's not playing in games that matter, and hasn't played in games that mattered in two months. I don't know. Putting up points in games that don't matter seems to really appeal to people more than. More than it has in years past. Are you alluding to something in particular? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just throwing out stuff. But I, I would go uh, Malkin, McKinnon, Kucherov. And I probably would still go McKinnon as the winner. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon's my winner if Colorado gets in. If they yes. don't, i got to think about that some more. I might go with Kopitar. Yeah, probably Kopitar there. And For me, I guess I would replace McKinnon with Kucherov if I already had Kopitar in. If, if Colorado doesn't make it, my vote that I don't have would go to Malkin. Because he's quietly having a pretty ridiculous season for the uh, the Penguins. So back to the Western Conference yeah. and those St. Louis Blues. What the heck? Eight wins in their last nine games. Anybody? Anybody? I, Bueller? I mean, that's not the sort of team you trust to actually do anything of significance they in are the playoffs. The Blues, yes. But I wouldn't... I, well, yeah, that, that for that reason as well. But just a team like that that can win a lot at the start of the year and then disappears for three months and then comes back and wins a lot. I mean... That's a team you don't want to play in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's a team that you probably won't see in the third round. They're a hard team to play against, too, because they're so physical. They beat yeah. you up. It is hard to get through the Blues and still have something left in the tank to keep going in the playoffs. Vladimir Tarasenko, by the way, has scored at least 30 goals in four straight seasons. Yeah, First Blue to do that since Brett Hall did it from 88 to 94. Where did they get him at the end of a first round? He's okay. That, one's that, 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 was, the, uh, that was the player they got for David Rumblatt. Vladimir Tarasenko. That was the pick. But but where they got him was... 22nd overall, I believe. A ton of teams could have drafted him. Yes. I know he was in the 20s. He was either 22nd or 27th or something, and that was... Sorry to give Coyotes fans PTSD on David Rundblad, but... <laughs> but well, yes, they, they, the they still could have drafted Rundblad, that, or uh, not Rundblad, Tarasenko <laughs> that year. Wow, it's... Jake Allen, 8-1, his last nine starts, too, by the way. So, St. Louis is hot going into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's still a week and a half left, so they could cool off, I guess, but... They've surprised me, and that's thrown the West in, into a little bit of a teaser. Vegas is going to have a, a tough, tough matchup. Mm. If one of those two teams ends up there, Anaheim yeah. or St. Louis, ugh, those are two. I just think those are bad matchups for Vegas. Colorado is an exciting team, but I think Vegas can handle Colorado I better do too. than they can. Yeah, that would be, right be a fun series. Would, Vegas, oh, Colorado. It would be awesome. Yeah, Vegas doesn't want to play either of those two teams. They're so playoff-tested. They've been through so many games in the postseason. That would be a really tough match. And by the way, for the St. Louis's and Anaheim's of the world, getting that first wildcard spot actually kind of matters. It's a much uh, easier yeah, path. Yeah. If, you're the, if you're the first wildcard team this year, go through the versus Pacific. Nashville? Oh, yeah, versus yeah. going through the central bracket? That would be awful. Yeah, you don't want to have to. If I mean, if you're, if even if you are the the second wild card, as as an actual team, you expect to still be able to go all the way and, and maybe win the cup. You don't realistically feel like you want to go through Nashville and then Winnipeg. Yeah, and then, you're, you're not. Although your path would get easier as you went through. Yeah, right? but you know, <laughs> would you rather go through Nashville, Winnipeg, or go through Vegas, 
LA or Vegas, San Jose. I tried to bring up San Jose on this podcast twice, and both times you guys have changed no, the topic. I, I, I don't. They're just, playing well. They're playing and really Vander well. Kane's been a really good fit. By he the has. Way. That was a great yeah. addition. Yeah. Um, the perfect way to do it too. If you really feel like he's a potential distraction off the ice, if that's if that's the narrative you buy into, well, you've got him for a couple months, and he's not going to be a distraction in the playoffs on a veteran team like that. I just yeah. feel, I just feel like in recent years, we just I don't even pay attention to San Jose until like seven thirty seven p.m. local time. Well, here's the, round one. Here's the thing with the Sharks though. It, it, it's a it's sort of a, a Pittsburgh situation in that the division they're in makes for, I don't want to call it easy, but easier road to the conference final than if they were in the other division. Like Pittsburgh, I, I still think, because of that division, the Penguins are going to be in the conference final. And if they get that deep, man, I'd, I'd be terrified of facing that team when they're two rounds away from history. And with San Jose, when you're, when you're talking about a team like Vegas who we, we keep expecting to fade at some point. So if you've if you got to play like L.A. in the first round... And then play Vegas in the conference final. You got to feel pretty good about that, given the other options. I'm trying to piece together what the matchups are right now in the West. It would be Nashville against Nashville Anaheim, and then Vegas St. Louis. Vegas St. Louis, Winnipeg, Minnesota, San Jose, LA. By the way, Nashville Anaheim. Boy, it's just not right. Yeah. But I mean, would you rather play St. Louis if you're Nashville? You're yes. basically you're you're that team's red hot. You're gonna be you're gonna be. Faced yes. with a tough matchup, this goes back. You're to better. You're you can match up with St. Louis better. To the old I idea. I don't want to play Anaheim's blue line and down in centers. Like I, just, Nashville's going to be either one of those teams. Like I'm not. I have no fear that Nashville is going to have much trouble with either. I one think of them. they are too. I still but, think they're the most complete team. But I, you, I, if I had to pick, I would. I'd rather play St. Louis. Do you think it's a concern that Kyle Turris hasn't done much in the new year? I, I pulled up his stats, and he has six goals and 13 assists since January 1st. That's 36 games. Sorry, I think I have a typo here and said 33 there, but it's 36 games. Everybody mock Craig on Twitter for that typo, please. Yeah. Uh, it's remember, a little bit of a concern. Coyotes in his article? Oh, wow. I didn't <laughs> the, even the know that. The death stare that I just got. <laughs> yeah, our, our editor put that in there. It was not me. Uh, I, I have not made that mistake in years. That's the one mistake Craig is never so going to make, is, uh, is calling so the Coyotes the Phoenix Coyotes. He's not an NHL <laughs> official. He's not going to call them the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, no, this this kind of goes back to that old idea where if you are the number one seed, you should just get to pick your opponent because Nashville would take Minnesota or L.A. or <laughs> right. like not who they're going to play in the Everybody first round. Vegas. The wild. Can, I, can we have the wild? <laughs> yeah, Minnesota just don't. Is, is that the team you have the least amount of faith in the yes. West to do anything in the playoffs? That's <laughs> left? Even even of the, like, when you look at the teams that are balanced, even, would you have less faith in them than Colorado? No. No, I think no. Colorado's going to be happy to get there. But of the teams that are in right now, you'd have the least amount of faith in Minnesota? Yes. I would. Yeah. Yeah. We should point out, though, as we're recording this, like, Colorado's one point behind three teams. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. very possible they get in. They have 90. St. Louis has 91. Game on Anaheim. So. Anaheim is, like... They we we can't expected lose four, you them can't to lose get four in. to one to Vancouver at this time of year. You you, yeah. you don't you don't have room for, you are hurt all year. You don't have any margin for error. They've won five of their last ten games. Like it's not like they're surging in now. Like hey, we're healthy. They're, just, we're on a run. they're like doing it up. And it, they're Eric Stevens, who's been on our show before at least once, was saying the same thing about them. He just you have no idea. You kept waiting for them to go on that run that would push them into the playoffs. And as he said, look, I think if they could get in. They could probably do some damage, but I'm not sure they're going to get in. And they're, they're still not showing. And they're still not scoring. Yeah. They're the kind of team that they'll get in and they'll drag whoever they play into a seven-game series. All right, off the cuff guess. How many points does Corey Perry have this year? 66 games. Not a lot. Not a lot. He hasn't had a good season. What, uh, what are his let's points? say 
44. Pretty close, 46. And that's not good. goals. That's about as, that's mediocre. 57 and 51. Ricard Raquel's been excellent. Yeah. And that's about it. Is Ricard Raquel the most underrated player in... I know he's not. I know that's not the, uh, the right I will, answer. I will, conti- I will continue till Blake he Wheeler? stops playing. It's Blake Wheeler. Yeah, okay. Blake Wheeler has the most assists in Blake, the NHL. Blake Wheeler is a, a, a superstar. Uh, uh, he is up there. Here, I have it right here. He is tied with Claude Giroux. Yeah. 66 assists for Blake Wheeler. He is the eighth By the way, you, you and I were talking about this the other day. Imagine if Blake Wheeler and Kyle, Kyle Turris were on the Coyotes. Of course, they probably wouldn't have drafted some of the other players they drafted because they would have made them better, but... What do the Coyotes need right now? They need a top six Nine, center scoring, and a scoring wing. Scoring, yeah. And there they That's are. The first line. You should just get to go pull back some of your former players if you want to. Although those two made it pretty clear they don't want to or be do you here. Or like the baseball yeah. rule. If you Please. sign your first round pick, you get the first one. You get a first round pick. Yeah. Next year. Yes. Like oh, that would yeah. help the Coyotes a lot. Um, now you got me all distracted by Blake Wheeler and Kyle Turris. No, but Raquel continues to. He's got 31 goals this year, which yeah, I know. Right 30 goals this year isn't maybe the same as what it's been, but he consistently puts up 30-plus goals every year. And most people don't even know how to pronounce his name. Nobody else on the entire Ducks team has 20 goals. Like, no. So, that, so his contribution is... Uh, right, uh, Case is 18. Henrique is 18. That's it. Those are the other... So those are the non-Raquel scorers. And those guys... <laughs> Point like, Perry's not going to score 20 this year. Sounds like a band. No, and that's that's bad because when we looked at this last week, like 105 players have already broken the 20-goal barrier, and Corey Perry's not one of them. And he's played. He's missed some games, but it's not like he's missed 40 games. No, he's missed six. It's it's hard. Anaheim is such a hard team to pick now in the playoffs because you can't just write them off because we've seen them have success in the playoffs. But for a team that doesn't score any goals, that's concerning when you get to this time of year. I I do worry about them a little bit more because I just – I thought they were going to pick it up. I thought, okay, they're going to get healthy and they're going to they're going to go on a run to end the year, and they're just just there. Have you expressed your worry to them? I have not yet. It might help. To Maybe talk. write them a letter yeah. or something. Nobody writes Dear letters anymore, ducks. do they? The Rangers and the Canucks did. Just just take them for a stroll on Knott's Berry Farm and just say, hey guys, we need the we need the chat. <laughs> uh, Craig has this in his notes. Only two teams from Canada are making the postseason, which I guess you put in there just so you don't have to sing No Canada again this year. It's not quite No Canada. Two um, Canada, which really doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Yeah, sounds sounds odd. <laughs> it, it, the second half of your note says only one has a legitimate shot of going deep. So are you saying Toronto does not have a legitimate shot of just, going deep? Thanks for listening to earlier in the podcast where we addressed that. No, but yeah. I, I mean... You, I don't see them making... Not through that division. I don't see them winning two rounds in that division. It's not because they're not a good team. It's because there are two clearly superior teams in front of them, and they're not beating both of them. But Winni- not beating one of Winnipeg them. would have to go... They could definitely win their first-round series, Toronto. They could, but they're not. Well, Win- in terms of Winnipeg, Winnipeg has to beat Minnesota... Okay, I think which, we're all in agreement they that will. they're going to do that. But then they'd have to go through Nashville. Like I think yes. they're both going to win one playoff series and be that's, gone. That's very possible, but at least Winnipeg only has to beat one yeah. great team. And Winnipeg's a better team than Toronto. Yeah, Winnipeg would sweep Toronto. No. Yes, that's, that, no. I would say that. Yes, <laughs> don't would make sweep me Toronto. sit here and defend Toronto. Toronto's a good hockey team. They are a good team. I, I don't know if they get swept, but I think Winnipeg would win that series. Too. If they did, it would be the most competitive sweep of Keep all time. Keep in mind, the Winnipeg Jets have never won a playoff game 
that but will change not one. over this year. Not one. Over take zero the, games. the over on zero. We're taking the over on zero games this year. Jamie is all in. The, on hey, they, they played the most. I know it's damning with fame praise. They played the most competitive sweep against the Ducks a couple yes. years ago that I've ever seen. They, that's what I'm saying. If they played Toronto, it would be the most <laughs> competitive sweep it's the true. other it was, way. It was a fantastic series. That was probably the best four game series I think I've, I've seen in some time. What do you think about this? It was off the you wall. You haven't been around for very long, so. That's true. When you say something. Oh, that's nice. It's, it's relative. Jamie's four years old. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I've only experienced like... Two Born on January 29th, that's right. <laughs> or February 29th, wow. <laughs> Even that would only make him six... Whatever, whatever. go ahead. Um, what do you think about the NHL adopting the thing the NBA is considering right now, where you have... Two teams eight, that can eight, win the cup and nobody else? No. Oh. The, you still have eight teams in the East, eight teams in the West, but you would reseed the entire six team. After the, the first round? or No, before the first round and beyond. So, so it's oh. eight, you get in, your 16 playoff teams are still determined 80 state oh, west by record. I like this. And then you completely reseed 1 to 16 from there regardless of conference. And I don't, that is your playoff just, bracket. I think so it's unnecessary. Cross, yeah, cross league all the way. It's insane for travel. It's insane for travel. But then the NBA takes seven days off but in that, between yeah, games. That, so. That's the big thing. If the NBA does it, they have a million games off. Yeah. And they start series. It would never work in the NHL the because round. of that very reason. The travel would kill teams. Can you imagine doing that in the East, like Boston to LA? LA. The Boston-LA first-round matchup we all want to see. Because they play every other day. Yeah. So you couldn't do it. If, if, if you're going to extend the season, fine. I don't think the NHL wants to do that. And I, I hate the way the NBA does that. Of course, I hate many things about the NBA. But That's all the become abundantly clear. It's just stupid. Yeah, so right now that would be Nashville, New Jersey. Would be the well. Point. That's not the selling point that we're looking for. Maybe find <laughs> find a better matchup. Yeah, while find, I sit here. Tampa, the, Philly, uh, Tampa, Ta- Tampa Philly, Tampa what? Tampa Philly, Boston Anaheim. Okay, Boston Anaheim is brutal. <laughs> Columbus Winnipeg. <laughs> hey, you get that one off day to travel from Boston to Anaheim. So LA, LA Vegas. Day. Wait, so so would would division winners matter? Like, would it still be the stupid yeah, thing where they're the yeah, top? Yeah, probably where they thought, Yeah, division winners get the top four. Like, so yeah, we'd have to move around a little bit. I don't like yeah, that at but, all. Okay. Because it's been discussed on the NBA side. The travel would be a nightmare. Yeah. From it's looking, a cool thought exercise. I think Washington and Pittsburgh would play in the first round. Also, <laughs> they should I'm just... I'm doing this right? The NHL just needs to get rid of this playoff format. They just need to go one through go eight. Back, yes, go back to what you used to do. It does not look you, you like there's any failed. momentum toward that, sadly. I know. I hate this playoff format, too. But, yeah, I don't, I don't like the... Uh, I don't like playing cross-conferences for the travel, and I, I also hate the fact that they just have two conferences. That's dumb. It's like old days. Let's have 70 teams in each conference. It's just silly. Let's have divisions. Um, Taylor Hall has 52 assists. Yeah. He's very good. You wanted to talk about that. Well, you you <laughs> texted that. Was it you that texted the tweet? Jamie texted uh, it before Gretz, I could uh, text it. Adam yeah, Gretz Van Rag sports writer Adam Gretz. Yeah, it's a great tweet. It is. I fantastic. saw it last night and just started laughing and didn't yeah, send it to you guys. Smart. Um, it just says, I don't mean to keep uh, hitting this dead horse, but of the top 25 scores in the NHL, only seven at any point in their career have been traded. Four of them were traded by Peter Shirelli. By all means, keep being that dead horse. Paul Kessel, Wheeler, Sagan. I always forget about the Wheeler one, too. I never give him enough enough credit for trading Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I wonder why the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Also, somebody else has a good point. They traded the 18th overall pick a couple years back for 10 games of Griffin Reinhardt, and that pick was Matthew Barzal. <laughs> well, let's be honest, though. If they had Barcel, he'd, he'd be dealt by now, too. So it's just a matter of if they were going to trade him before he was an actual it's, player. It's just incredible, isn't it? Also, it, remember Griffin Reinhardt? Still, still just in, in GM circles. Vaguely. So respected. What's, that's, that's the weird part. It's not... Yeah, because you know who votes on GM of the year. Well, 
I mean, that part kind of makes sense. Like, if you have somebody yeah, get, get you why know, they want him to stay yeah. to keep his job. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Like, yeah, let's give no, him, you're doing great. Give him your, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. By the way, so how do you feel about dry side right now? Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Let's, let's, let's uh, try and make a deal here. I've uh, got a second pair of defensemen I could send you. <laughs> you can never have enough second pairing yeah. defensemen. Some, some GMs think you only need two. But that's not Peter Chiarelli's way. Uh, let's let's get into the since we're talking about Edmonton again somehow. Let's get into the uh, the lottery. Just a treasure arts. trove of content. Okay, well, let, let's. Start I'm gonna miss with, them in two weeks. With the uh, with the new draft lottery odds. Have you okay. guys seen these? Yes. They, they revised the odds. Remarkable changes. Yes. Groundbreaking. <laughs> I mean, the chances for the worst team in the league have risen from 17.9 percent to 18.5. Oh, as I said in the uh, notes. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you add some Our, culture to your notes. How excited are teams now about that possibility? I mean, I feel like Buffalo is going to try a little less hard, but that's about it. Did anything change at all? They're going really? to try six tenths of a percent to 18.5. less. I, look, I, I'm sure there are some algorithms here for. I'm sure they have a, a, a process. At least I'm, I'm having faith that they have a process that's in deciding the process. these percentages. But I still don't like them. One of the things I mentioned to you guys before we went on the air is I don't like the gap between one and two's chances. To have a 5% difference between their chances incentivizes dropping to the worst record in the league. Yeah. And for context, that's the difference between two and five in their death lottery, too, is 5%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. You would, you would think it would be... The difference between the 31st and the 30th team in the NHL is not so vast that you should give them that advantage. Say, oh, they're so much worse. No. It... Again, it creates incentive for the team to drop to last. It cre- creates incentive for Buffalo to do what it's doing right now and what it did a few years yeah. ago. You basically just, if anything, you should separate the top three or four and, and put them fairly close together percentage-wise, and then from there sort of just drop off. But It's funny you mentioned The NBA that. has it right. Because I, I, I really feel like teams that are you know, non-playoff teams but are close to the cutoff line— they should have almost no chance yeah. of getting the top It should take. be a big deal when a team that, that finishes with the 10th worst record picks in the top three. It shouldn't be common. Yeah, and I don't think that teams should be able to drop as far as they drop right now. Yeah. Like, you can't have a situation like last year where three teams out of the bottom three or four, if you throw in Vegas, yeah. can jump into the top three. That's yeah. crazy. What if you just cut it where, like, I don't know what the cutoff would be, but let's say two weeks out from the season, from the end of the season, if you are still in playoff contention, you're not in the lottery. I mean, could you do that, or is that too drastic? And all of a sudden, maybe it's only eight teams or whatever that are actually in the lottery. I don't, I don't know how that impacts teams. I mean, yeah. you could have teams just decide, okay, we're giving up two weeks earlier. I, I don't know. I think if, if the playoffs are yeah. dangling in front of you. But, it, but what does that mean, playoff contention? If yeah. you haven't officially been eliminated, eliminated, but you're eight points back with two weeks to go, does that mean you get eliminated from Obviously, they, they would just have the three of us decide who is, who is in and who isn't. I kind of feel we, we should do that, too. Yeah, I mean, yes. Just call us. We do I set the agenda for the NHL. But We've been doing it for a while look, now. There's, there's no way you're going to be able to, to prevent tanking completely. Just, you just can't. Yeah, I, I've but, given up on that. I, I think for me it's more – I think the only real year we saw legitimate tanking was for McDavid because you also had the extra buffer of if you don't get McDavid, you'll get Eichel. I, I guess for me it's more just – I want the worst teams to get the best players. Yeah, and I want them those those worst teams to have the overwhelming odds. Yeah. One of those teams gets that player. So I came up with my own percentages. I don't what? know if I want to tell them all yet because I'm probably going to write about it for tomorrow. Okay, well then just throw out like a couple numbers. Well, for the 
the team that finishes with the worst record, I've raised their percentage from 18.5 to 21. Now, you have to figure this out for all of these teams. Because I think... I do think that the teams that are at the bottom should have a much higher percentage that they're given. Here, but, how, how about this? Instead of giving away your whole article, just give out random percentages and we'll try and guess which spot. <laughs> no? Okay. 21% for number one. I, I like that. They, yes. Yeah, that's a one in, that's better than a one in five chance. And, and not to read off all these numbers, but again, I don't like the gap being so large between one and two, so I've closed that gap for number two and number three. And, and number four, all those teams have a really good chance. They have a better chance. In fact, the the top five or the bottom five teams all have a better chance in my system of landing the number one pick yeah. than they do in the NHL's current system. Yeah, in the they, top four, somebody in the top four getting drawn in, in Craig's system is two-thirds chance. They, yeah, they take up 66% the of the, the possibilities of getting the, the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> when, when you put the numbers out there, and when people see the, the numbers in your article, it, it makes it that much more obvious that they still need to do something. Bumping up six-tenths of a percent of a point for the team with the worst record is just silly. Why even go through the effort? What are the, the draft lottery odds in the NBA? I believe it's 25%. For, is it 25% just, for number one pick. And uh, for, okay, for... I'm looking is at Is it only the number one pick in player, or is it the top three like the NHL? What is it? Um, no, it's... You, it's Got what the exact formula is. I don't think multiple... Chris, but he's... You, you can no, he's looking at Only, only one right team now, can so. jump. Only one team. What, what it is in the NBA is the Lakers, Sixers, and Celtics always pick in the top three. It's just a matter of which order those three teams will pick. And then the other teams line up starting at number so four. Wait, it is just number one? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So it's 25%. Like, right now, Chris actually looked it 25%. Up, I thought he was asking. Yeah, I had that. I'm looking at that now. Okay. Um, thanks. Thanks, Leftovers. <laughs> Chris uh, Chris does something to help the show, and Jamie just quickly dismisses him and well, says, go away. Mikey would have helped us earlier. Yeah, well, it's you know, okay. He's not, not, not one, one, one of these. We can give him a mic next week. Let's give him a mic next week. But it, it's can, not can plugged we, in. Can we? No, yeah, we'll see. see. They did? No, that's, we'll see. You know, no, but it's like baby steps. Why are you, why are you jumping on to? Well, we used to give like one of those. I'm like, trying to find a happy middle ground. It's really not a happy middle ground. Remember they have stores? Remember they had stores called like Toys R Us? Uh, we like one, one of those one of those microphones that like this like my first microphone so we can just yell into it. Uh, Phoenix, <laughs> and you push a button and it says like something Fred Flintstone's voice or yes. something. Actual Phoenix name of a sports franchise. Twenty five percent chance for the Suns right now, but nineteen point nine for second place, fifteen point six for third, eleven point nine uh, for fourth. Wait, so what, was, what was the disparity between two and three? Two and three goes from nineteen point nine to fifteen point six, so four point three percent. Again, I, I think in the NBA is twenty five percent for twenty five percent the number one. Again, pick. you're incentivizing dropping to the bottom. And they have they have four picks that are under one percent. But that's 11, 12, 13, 14 are under one percent chance of. Th- this is my issue with the NHL and the NBA this year. It, it really, at least in my mind, the percentage shouldn't incentivize you to lose. It's the actual draft itself. Well, and the NBA has a competitive balance issue. They don't have enough good. They don't have enough players for their. No, they don't. League. But no. the NBA draft this year, not to go on a huge tangent, but they've got four, five, six, seven, eight really good players. You shouldn't be losing on purpose for two months so you can maybe have a chance to pick one over two when you don't even know which player but you're going a, to take. Part of it, too, is though it's, it's the differences between sports. One, I mean, as good as Connor McDavid is, and this is a good case study for it, mm-hmm. one player can help you change your franchise, but it doesn't make your franchise. No. One player in the NBA can make your franchise. Absolutely. If you have you're playing five player. guys. Yeah, if you yeah, if you have one of the top five guys, you have a chance to win a title. If you don't, you don't. Let me ask you That's this: how the NBA works, same and, as it ever and, was. and that is why you can't prevent tanking. Because if you can tank and get a player you think is a franchise changer in the NBA, you have to do it because it changes your complete outlook. You can get Connor McDavid and finish fourth to last in the Western Conference, but shrink the odds between one and two. Still think you have yeah. to do that. 
the the 2015 draft when yes. Buffalo finished last and the Coyotes finished second to last and Edmonton was third to last. And Edmonton Charles jumped everybody and got McDavid and, and Buffalo got Eichel and the Coyotes got Dylan Strome. It's been fine the last couple of games, but they haven't, you know, it, it's, he's still just start, sort of starting out, I guess. Of those three teams, which one would you most want to be starting next year? Of like Edmonton, Buffalo, Arizona? Yeah. Still want to be Edmonton because they have Connor McDavid. Edmonton, yeah. That's it's where I want to lean to. No, it's Edmonton. One, I, I definitely don't want Buffalo. Buffalo's wait, how, nice. how solid is the GM? Well, no, you're... That's part of the... No, it's, it's Chiarelli. GM? It's Chiarelli and you have no cap room. I mean, it's the exact situation you're in right now. We can't, we can't alter it to make Edmonton better. You still have Connor McDavid. You still have Connor McDavid, yeah. You have the guy who's and probably by next title. year is, you can call the best player in the game. Okay, so you'd rather be Edmonton first, then Arizona, then Buffalo. Yes. Okay. Buffalo's I, terrible. I think I would Buffalo agree with that terrible. because... I, just, I don't want anything to do with Buffalo. I don't, I don't get Buffalo. I mean, I, you do to an extent. When you look at their roster, you see all kinds of holes, but... And you see a lot of young players who you thought would be stars. How did that happen? That How, why, why, you've been bad this long and you yeah. don't have players to fill in those cracks? you tried to on? lose for an entire year. That affects know, a but team. Like, like the, but the, there's, they have other players on their team that should be better. Yes. But they were trained to lose for an entire year. Like that, you can't measure that statistically, but that definitely impacts a team, especially when those are young players that are coming up and trying to lose. I guess my point is, yeah, it's still Edmonton because you have McDavid. But I think it's kind of close between Edmonton and Arizona. And of that, of those three teams, Arizona got a player we don't even know what he is yet. And those other two teams got... Is Jack Eichel a generational talent at this no. point? Generational? No. Is he a very good player? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's not a generational talent. But he is a number one center. There, there are three generational talents in the NHL right now. It's McDavid, Crosby, and Ovechkin. Those, and that's the line. I think for generational. Okay. Of guys that are surefire... Uh, assuming McDavid doesn't get hurt, Hall of Famers. He'd still get in. You wouldn't throw Eric Carlson in that group? I might. He's he's close. Because then you have that next tier. We have Carlson and Stamkos. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like there's other... Because then Matthews be, and, and Malkin should be in there, too, when yeah, you go in that Matthew, next yeah, tier. I feel like generational... Yeah, but you can't Carlson have... might fit that because... You can't have people. seven generational talents at a time. It kind of ruins everything. But yeah, Carlson because there's no yeah. other defenseman like him. Yeah, he he's probably that's probably a good call. He's so unique at that position. Yeah, and Adam Larson, I forgot about him. <laughs> he's the only other one I can think of. Uh, does Ken Holland deserve to stay? I love okay. these ran, random questions because they just gave him a vote of confidence. He's going to be around. It's, yeah, Franklin still actually wrote an article for us about a week ago about why he thought he Holland should stay. I. That, that team's downward trajectory was coming. They got old all at the same time after winning for a long time. So there's, I mean, it's going to happen. You, you, lose, you lose three Hall of Famers or two Hall of Famers. You're about to lose a third. It, it's going to happen. I still wonder why their young players haven't ever progressed to the extent that they should have, especially when they've shown flashes early in their careers of mm-hmm. being successful. But is that the GM's fault? But I don't know if that's the GM's fault. That's probably development. And I don't know, like, who... I don't look at particular moves that they have made that I say this is a terrible decision by their general manager. Right. I just think they got old, and sometimes this happens. Here's the thing that I would say about him, too. When you've, you've overseen a franchise that was for a very long time the marquee franchise of the league, and when you've made the playoffs for a quarter century straight, and that was important internally, whether we agree with that or not, you probably deserve the chance to at least see if you can bring it back. 
Yeah. With all that you've done for the organization. Well, yeah. And to me, it's, yeah, there are a couple of moves that you go. The applicator contract was a disaster from the second they signed it because, again, you don't sign third line players to 800 year deals because who you can find those guys. The Franz Nielsen deal was a, was a train wreck. But, yeah, I just, I don't know how much of that you look at and just say, do I think somebody else would have done better? I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. They haven't made it out of the second round in 10 years. That's kind of an eye opener. It is. Yeah, it is, and that's that's the con column, I guess. There, there. I think there are pros and cons to this. There's, you can make a strong argument either way here. That, that, but I, I think I, if you're looking like... at this simply from a personal standpoint, with what he's done for the organization, if you're looking at it that way, and the, the Red Wings have always been run, by the way, like a family organization, maybe that's what's weighing in here. I'm not saying that in the sense that he should lose his job or anything. I just. No, the, but the, it is it is remarkable. The argument that because they did have that run toward the end there, where they would they would, you know, when they stopped beating up on the Coyotes in the first round, that they just stopped. And by the way, those years they lost in the second round a lot of times. The argument Remember when they almost took out the Blackhawks. Yeah, when the Blackhawks won the cup. Yeah, the yeah, argument they were, that they that was the Blackhawks overtime game matchup. seven. That was their toughest yeah. matchup the entire postseason. Back when Brent Seabrook was still a good player. Did he score the other night? So it's okay. It's all, all all's well now. The argument that they kept winning the cup, and so that gives them a buffer zone of not having success. Shouldn't last ten years. No, I'm not, it really, it's not really so much shouldn't. winning the cup. It's 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 more than that. Okay, but ten years. Yeah, ten years of not getting out of the, that round. This isn't sure. the Phoenix Suns. I mean, well, they're not even making the playoffs. That's true. Well, so, Detroit's not now either. Yeah. I mean, this well, is finally. trending well, the wrong that's way. That's my point yeah. too. They did make the playoffs. Here's the thing. I, I th- when we talk like about Shirelli, I think he's actively hurt his team. His team is worse because of the moves he's done. I don't know. If Multiple teams are worse because of the moves that's he's true. made. <laughs> Uh, and some are better. Yeah. But yeah, but never ones he was involved with. But I don't think the Red Wings were actively worse because of anything Ken Holland did. I, that, so I look at that and say, if, uh, I don't think it's a pressing need to get rid of him. No, I just I think that they need to change something, though. I mean, you can, you can look at their history, and it's like all that success, and then it's out in the second round a couple of years, and it's out in the first round, and the, it's just not making the, the playoffs. The now is they're, playing, they're paying a lot of medi- mediocre players decent money. Like Abdicator, Helm, DeKaiser... Zetterberg for now, Nielsen. Like you got, you yeah. you're playing a lot of players that just are nothing special. Too well, much money. That does fall on the GM. I mean, he's it gonna does. he's gonna have to figure a I way mean, the out. Zetterberg of that. one. There's nothing. You know, it wasn't no. what it was. No. Those con- the, the ones that the contract that Zetterberg got was in line with all the stupid deals that eventually caused. That was a part of the lockout and all the other fun stuff. But uh, Masterton nominees. Brian Boyle is gonna win this. I, Kind of think he has to. Yeah, right? he should yeah. absolutely. I mean, and, and look, the, what, the, this is what uh, the uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association sends out this email every year, saying it's not only about a guy who's come overcome illness or injury, but inevitably, but, but it is. It's always the guy that's overcome injury or illness that wins. And Brian Boyle's story is so compelling. It I can't. Is. I mean, if if you're going to. I don't think suddenly people are going to say, "Okay, that's right." The, there are more guidelines than just that. This is an extreme case, yeah, and I I don't and see look, voters going anywhere else. There with are this. a ton of awards for strictly purely on ice accomplishments. If if a player is actually has dealt with a hardship, whether it's personal, whether it's in their family, and has come back and had success, they deserve some recognition versus a player that has just had a bad season the year prior and now right. is better this year. Here's what the, the the award goes to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance. Clearly, he's done that. Sportsmanship and dedication. Okay, I think the 
the latter two just get thrown to the side by voters because, first of all... Or just like, hey, be a good person. Yeah. Like, well, that, that's pretty much what it was. They're too broad. What yeah. does dedication to ice hockey mean? I mean, that's... that's I would hope everybody in the league has that. Yeah, that. Once they get to the NHL level, they're kind of dedicated yeah, right? to, to, but, to But I think part of that is community service. But when, yeah. when you understand how community service works with teams, they generally pick a couple people who are good, you know, talkers or they're, they're attractive somehow to the community, yeah. and those are the guys that they push. So it... It, that's very team generated, so I don't think yeah. that community presence weighs nearly as heavy on writers' minds because they understand yeah. the process. And then sportsmanship. I, I what guess does that, that mean? I too? guess that's essentially you know like if if so, yeah. I guess that's just to keep out if there's like a this happens to uh, I don't know. It's to not give the award to John Scott is what that is. <laughs> that's what that that's what that's there for. Hasn't he suffered enough? How's that um, movie coming, by the way? Uh, it's you know what we're gonna do a an advanced screening of that movie whenever right. it comes out. It right. just might not be for a while. Uh, can we can we talk about Antiranta for a second here? Uh, okay. And the have ridiculous. We, have we exhausted of... everything else? I think we have. Well, Other we, than the if fact more, that, by the way, these goaltender interference. Do, do you guys see this, by the way? I was going to close with that. You're going to close with that. Yeah. Okay, my bad. There's, just, there's a method to this. No, no. I'm going to hit. No, not this one, but typically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the goalie right here, and then we're going to transition into goalie interference. Look, uh, okay. okay. Yeah? Sure. It's loose, but go ahead. 10 2 and 1 in his last 13. Mm-hmm. 2.34 goals against average all year is fourth in the NHL. How, how, many days of, how many days have gone between those 13 games, though? Well, no, is I mean, that's, over, that's, that's the knock. Two months? But this is. I want to get save Craig's... Percentage? Where is he ranked? Show me save percentage. Goals against and goals save against percentage. Him. Since January 1st, he's number one in the NHL. He's, he's an excellent Since January 1st, he is? Yes. In save percentage? Yes. Among goalies that have actually played. For how many? What's the cutoff? 40 games? Uh, since January 1st? No, it's like 25. Okay. Here, I'll pull it up. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? You guys go ahead and... and I discuss whether or not the Coyotes are getting a deal done. Well, you know, it's your that? topic and you're not even prepared. I'm going to say the same to thing I said. About it. I, mean, I believe literally since the start of the season, he's a really good goaltender when he yeah. plays. He is an injury risk, and he's always been an injury risk since he's been in Arizona. And I, see, I don't, I don't think he has always been an, an injury risk. When you look at his past, there isn't that much. I, I actually looked at his past, and he did not miss many games as a backup. Now, being a backup is an entirely different animal. That's fair. But. He has had a lot of occasions where he's out of the lineup this year, and it has to play into their contract talks this summer. It has to. He, he's missed a lot of games, I will give you that. But he has played in 43. People ask, act like he's played in, like, 20. If, you know, if the start of the season, I can, I can – I'm taking some liberties here, but I can write that off as whatever. That's not going to happen again. The car accident on the way to the game, I'm going to write that off as that's probably not going to happen again. How many starts do you need to get from him? to be confident that he's your, your pure number one next year? Like 55? Is that, a, is that the number you're shooting for with Kemper as your backup? Uh, I mean, probably. 60? You can't really expect yeah. more than 60 from anybody except no, Bobrovsky. Uh, I agree. I, I'd Probably 55. Somewhere between 55 and 60, I think, is probably safe. Okay. I'm trying to pull up that weird stat so you wanted. So what, what is he worth to you because of that? Knowing that he's not going to be, he's not going to be a, a pecorina. I think they pronounce it pecorina. We need for bottom, we need for back. bottom back on the show. Yeah. Does all those European pronunciations better? Well, I will he's once be again soon, so maybe he'll come on more often. We can. What's the time difference between here and Prague? About eight, more yeah, than three hours. It'll be tough. I will once again beat this Especially drum. When Luke shows up late because I know. Yeah, but not today. One minute early. That, I, that apparently Craig is the only person in the world Nine that agrees hours. with me. 
Ranta has been the Coyotes' most valuable player this no year. No question and in it's my mind. Not oh, yes. even close. No question in my mind. No, as you said, I think in the text, no player correlates more two wins and losses for the Coyotes than Antti oh, Ranta. It's not even close. His save percentage. This is goalies in the NHL with at least twenty games played since January first. So I weeded out the guys that only played like four games. Best save percentage in the NHL at at nine thirty eight. Better than Pekarina at nine thirty four. Best goals against average at 194. The only guy that's close is Pecorine, who, again, is going to win the Vesna this year. This is half the season at this point. I know he, he's missed some games in there, but he's played four less games than Pecorine since January 1st, and that's the best goalie. That's the standard in hockey this year. Ranta, when he plays, is when the Coyotes have all their wins. There's nobody else in the Coyotes you can correlate even their best games to Coyotes' wins. Yeah, including Darcy Kemper, by the way. So when you talk about playing Kemper... 20, you, so in your your example, I guess, it would be 27 games? Darcy 23 Kemper, since, since January 1st, but, but yeah. But if, in a 55-game. Okay, yeah. Game. Darcy Kemper has been a bit uneven for me thus far. I don't know what you thought, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Darcy Kemper is, is the answer at backup yet. Now he, he's going to be their backup yeah. because they signed him to a two-year extension, but... I think he'll get it together as the backup, but I don't... I think his play has made it that much more evident that they have to get Ranta signed, even though there was never a, I, I think, a realistic thought among the team that if, if they didn't get Ranta, then maybe Kemper could be the starter. I don't think that was ever the plan. But I don't think you want to go like a 45-37 split no, on games. No, no. no. And, and, they don't either. And, and Craig mentioned as much when the, the Kemper trade happened that, that they said even if some things went horribly wrong with the Ranta deal, they would still be in the market for a number one Absolutely. goalie in the offseason. They don't think Darcy Kemper's a number one. I know some people are under that illusion that he could be the, the fallback. No, he is not. They will get another goaltender. Darcy Kemper will not be their starting goaltender next year. But Ranta has to be your number one at this point, right? Who else yes. are you going to go out there yes. and get? Well, that's the thing. Who else is out there? there? Look, there just aren't that many available. And and when I talked to Kevin Epp, his agent, he acknowledged the fact that there aren't a lot of opportunities for goalies to go assume a number one role either. It's not like he can go talk to 12 other teams. Most teams have a number one goalie. So yeah. he doesn't have a lot of opportunity. It's it's a market situation for him as well where it, it makes sense for him to sign back with the Coyotes who gave him this opportunity and you know who they believe are a young building team with a really good blue line in front of him, by the way. It's a good situation for him too, but I'm sure the sticking points are he doesn't have much of a body of work. This is his first season as a starter, and he basically didn't play the first half of the season. And secondly, the injuries. You can't discount those. John Chica told me he would not discount them. This is a factor in your negotiations. Oh, they so, should be. Yeah, they, they, they should to be. be. But it's, it's silly to think that they wouldn't be. I just read you the number, and I didn't. It's not like I knew these numbers until I looked them up. I read you the numbers of not a hey, this guy could be a number one. He's a top thirty goalie, the best goalie in hockey for the last couple months. Now, I don't think he is the best goalie in hockey by any means. But when you're in that conversation with stats to back it up, oh, by the way, playing behind a, a, a team that doesn't have the collective defensive of talents of Nashville, mm-hmm. who, you know, Pecorino is the best goalie in the NHL this year. Don't get me wrong. But when you can have that conversation that Ranta has better numbers over the span of mm-hmm. three months now, he's definitely been a top 10 goalie in the NHL this year. Imagine there, if, go ahead. No, so there are only three starting, and I quote, unquote, starting goaltenders that are free agents, UFAs okay. this offseason. Ranta? Halak, and then whatever you consider Cam Ward. I know he's basically almost been in a complete 50-50 <laughs> split with Darling. Whatever you consider Cam well, Ward. He's been a compl- I mean, I think almost he's had exactly to play because Darling's been a disaster. 50-50 split with Darling. Scott Darling was sure. a disaster. But that's it. And, and which teams clearly need so a Islanders, number one? Islanders, Hurricanes, Coyotes. 
and then everybody else is locked up. And then Buffalo. other three out there. Hutton's been had a good has been going in a backup role this year. No, would it have to be another Bernier's situation where you're looking at, you know, somebody who can move from a backup role and be, you know, possibly a number one goalie? Yeah. What the Coyotes did last year, which was a unique year, by the way, because you could only protect one goalie, so there were a bunch yeah. of guys that were available one way or another, right? The thing is, the Coyotes set out to do this last year, and they got it right. So now you got to follow through. That's and get the signed. thing. That's because, the thing. Yeah, because if you don't, again, it, it's a two-way street. As to, to Craig's point about what he was talking to Toronto's agent of, there aren't a lot of opening. There are not a lot of jobs that are available for number one goaltenders, but there are also not a lot of number one goaltenders out there. No. So that's that's that interesting part of the equation. It's Ward, Halak, Bernier, Ranta, Hutton. Udobin, Lettinen. I mean, there's not no. not a lot of options out there that mm-hmm. are UFAs. A goalie with the last name Lettinen is like a pitcher with the last name Walk. Or Homer. Remember Homer Bailey? Like you don't want he's a pitcher still, named he, by the Homer. Way, he is still pitching. Well, you can you can remember him as he's pitching. He's, he's an Lettinen. opening day starter. I want, you to, I want you to process that. Homer Bailey is an opening day starter in Major League Baseball? Chris is processing this still, what you just said. I think you probably don't want to turn around. Uh, I, I kind of have to. Now. By the way, the answer you're looking for, the picture you're looking for is Grant Balfour. <laughs> His was last the, name is Letting In. Well, yeah. That was okay. the joke everyone said. Uh, yes. I wasn't going to bring up Grant Balfour on so, this episode of the I think with Antiranta, the sticking point probably is going to be term. That's what I suspect is going to be the issue here. Give me a percentage chance this gets done because this directly I impacts. I can't do that. I, I don't like doing that. I know. That's why I asked you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have bugs on John Chica and Kevin Epps' phone, so I, I don't know what the percentages say. That's exactly but, what somebody who does have bugs would say. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. That's, it is exactly what somebody would say. That's I'm scary. not saying that I heard Kevin oh, I'm sorry. Let me change the subject. I think <laughs> I think Epp probably wants a four-year deal, and I'm not sure the Coyotes are entirely comfortable with a four-year deal on a guy who, again, doesn't have much of a body of work, who has injury issues. I think they'd be more comfortable with three years. That may be the... That may be the compromise if you if you throw in a little more dollar. I would I would guess that the average annual value is going to be be between four and five million dollars a year. I don't know where, but we'll see how it plays out. I you know to be honest, that I think some people are probably maybe a little surprised that nothing's done yet with a week and a half left in the season. Yeah, but they're still talking. I, I get the hesitation from both the fan base and the front office, even though this wasn't the front office that was here when Mike Smith was signed after that, that crazy run in 2012 where mm-hmm. you were in a spot where you sort of had to pay him, but that contract ended up being a burden you on the team. Him. Yeah, so you don't you don't want to overpay for too long of a term. I totally get what you're saying with the body of work, but he's been their best player. you got to hang on to him. not even close, and this is what you wanted when you traded for him, so now you have to follow through. Otherwise, otherwise, you have to pull off, like you said, the exact same trade with the exact same amount of success this summer. And it, it takes away from your ability to do other things, right? I mean, how many of these things can you do in a summer? Now, mm-hmm. when you look at John Chaika's body of work, and I know there, there's this per- persistent threat out there that he's on the hot seat because it hasn't worked. I don't, because people I don't aren't looking that, at what he's done. I don't even know what that means, that it hasn't worked. He's in year two as the GM. Let's take a look at the, the blue line he constructed in two summers. And, by the way, he got himself a number one goaltender, so... There are a few pieces up front away from being a playoff contender. And that's not his fault that they don't have those pieces up front. He yeah. just took over. What exactly are the bad moves that John Chayka has made? That that narrative is, let's look at the bottom of the standings. The teams that are losing all need to get rid of their GM. Yeah, that's all it is. You're not looking at what he's actually done. Yeah. He's He's been what he's been on the job for almost two years now, almost. Yeah. Would you give him anything less than an A-? By the way, still operating you know, on a 
tight budget, so that, that limits what you can do as well, right? He's systematically, like you said, built up the blue line and the situation in net, which is why they're in all these games now. Yes. They're not scoring, but they're in these games, and they're winning a lot of them because of, of that. That's how you win on a budget. And the fact that he really hasn't missed, it's not like he, he tried three goalies and then got to Ronta. He even got so, Ronta. Who cares? Yeah, no, How long you're right. Take Eiserman to get to Vasilevsky or Bishop. Yeah, like I mean, if, if uh, low risk deals, it didn't matter. That's you try. Trika makes like that, low that's risk what GM deals. Should do. Mm-hmm. And if you lined up all the assets and players he's given up for all the assets and players he's gotten back, yeah. it's overwhelmingly in the Coyotes' favor. Oh my! Look at the Ranger trade now. I, I, yeah. Look, I don't know what Elias Anderson is going to turn into. He just played. He, he made his NHL debut, but. You got Derek Stepan and Auntie Ronta and Anthony D'Angelo. Sorry, aside from the fact that oh. he's a horrible human being. By the way, when did they decide in New York that we're calling him Tony now? I think when you get that? that close to the Jersey Shore, you Have just you switch that? to Tony. I, I just saw I saw what happened like last week. He actually scored a goal, and it was like Tony D'Angelo scores. Yeah. Like, who the hell is he's, Tony D'Angelo? He's Tony D at this point. Probably D'Angelo probably started that. His ego is large enough to start that. So Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the guy you meet in Atlantic City, not that's, the guy that's that's on the ice with the Rangers. Well, but, right. it, it could be both. It's true. Um, the the Blackhawks trade too. I mean, getting Jalmerson. Mm-hmm. You had to bring the Blackhawks up, didn't you? Well, I just Jalmerson. getting uh, Chitrin for nothing. Get, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of tough injury, year, Dick Jalmerson out for the rest of the season too. So that, that was a rough year for him too. Yeah. And that's I mean, if and you can't possibly predict this, but you know, with two of the three key pieces that came in the summer have been injured much of the season. Yeah. And has been good when he's played. He should, it, so and it, they've won the when he's played. The thought process made that, sense. The over the last couple good. months that he played, he was the guy that I saw in Chicago. He was incredible. Actually, and maybe maybe a year without the postseason might be good for him. Yeah. Because he's played yeah, some that's tough, true. tough, tough, tough minutes. <laughs> Although he hasn't gone deep in the postseason in a while. No, but he, he's a he's played a lot of minutes for a 30-year-old body. Can they, uh-huh. like, add calcium to bones? Is there a surgery <laughs> for that? Because What did Kobe used to do? He used to go, go over to like, Europe and get some, was it plasma? Some sort of spinning something. Something, yeah. yeah. Maybe a spin class. Yeah, platelet rich. That Rangers trade, getting Stepan and Ronta, you can make a strong case. Those are your top two MVPs this year, and they got them both for... Yes. Well, although some people are going to vote for Clayton Keller, a wing who had a good first first month when they won one game and came on late in the season when the games didn't mean anything. I'm I'm not taking away from Clayton Keller's remarkable rookie season, but he's not their MVP. That's just silly. There needs to be a way to have a conversation about this without bashing what Keller has done because he's a teenager. That's exactly right. We we live in a polarizing world. You have to hate the other person. It's a role. Let me just make the case here. This is where I can make it. As Craig just said, he had a great first month. They went 1-11. He's had a great March. He is at best... Best, their third most valuable player this season. He plays it's wing, not too, by the way. even yeah. close. He plays wing. You don't impact the game in nearly as many ways no. from that position. He wasn't doing anything when he wasn't playing with Stepan for yes. four months. Derek Stepan, by the way, I continue to be the president of the Derek Stepan fan club. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, it's remarkable. As Derek said himself in that story I did last week, he, you know, he, he does the dirty work. He allows Clayton to, to play offense, get in spots, because Derek does the dirty work. It's and true. Do, and he does yeah. the dirty work and, can act, and can has, has skill with the puck. And that's so the way it's supposed to work. work. I mean, that, that's one why they got center. step on. Imagine yeah. what one more center on this team would do if you could slot everybody into place. We've talked about this before. Yes. So well, Ronson. doesn't have a contract yet, so. Who? Who? John Tavares. Oh, yeah, he might be something. All right, let's get to goalie interference before we wrap it up. Okay. Go ahead, Craig. Uh, are you feeling good <laughs> about this? All coaches' challenges for goaltender interference will be decided by the league's situation room in Toronto instead of on-ice officials. 
Does that matter to you? Does that change anything? I guess ever so slightly. Uh, if it's the same group of people making the decision every time, we might possibly have some semblance of an idea of, consistency. of what consistency is going yeah. to be. Yeah. But no, it's still going to confuse people. But I do feel like that in that room, they're going to have better looks at yes. things than the tiny monitor. Than the, than the tiny or the, you know, iPad or whatever. The pad, yeah. Whatever what was the point of that? Sell. Like having an Etch-A-Sketch to try and figure out well, if the goal count. I don't too. Like, I don't like... I, I want it on the largest screen possible. I want them staring end. up at yes, the Jumbotron. Exactly. The, like, the screen we're all looking frame, at. Let's look at it this way. That's that's how yes. I want the process. Let's all just hold if hands and watch it together. Process, do it right. Everybody in the crowd yes. is watching it, so why can't you the guys who make the call watch it? hold hands? Yeah, so let's all ha- hold the, hands and watch it together. You even have the camera in the net. I mean, you look at every angle you have. Yeah. So nope. I'm okay with that, but I, it still doesn't convince me that they've actually defined what no. goaltender interference but is. But we might get some... Which the Maybe. NFL just did with a catch, of course. Well, sort of. We'll see. Whatever a football move is. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that works. I continue to point out that the at least both those sports realized their most exciting plays were being reviewed and often gotten wrong like 50% of the time. <laughs> so they realized, hey, the best catches in football, we should probably have a way for those to count. And goals in hockey, we don't need to review all of them. But I still don't know that either one of them has come up with a real resolution. Like we said last week, they've talked about goalie interference and to jamie's point when you have the same people looking you'll probably over time get more consistency maybe i mean this it's all technically arbitrary at this point so i just want to know where the the imaginary lines are drawn it's like bumping the 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 lottery odds up from 17.9 percent to 18.5 a better definition i want language isn't that hard there are more precise words available i just don't get why we don't get there I don't are, get it. Are we ever going to get there? I don't know. I don't understand the, why we don't. Leagues love ambiguity for, for reasons I don't understand. Yeah. What does, for instance, when, when you have the touch-up rule for, for a delayed penalty, what does control of the puck mean? It uh, depends on... Uh, depends on the officials that night. And depends, to, and depends on how good the other team is. It does depend on the officials. One, it's just touch. Another, it's literally possession. Yes. So why don't we make it touch or possession? Yes. We've seen it with the Coyotes... Yes. Both ends in the last couple weeks, we've seen a mm-hmm. play where where they just touched the puck and it kept going, and the other team scored. And we've seen them actually possess the puck to to make it's just it's it's different, literally from night to night. Yeah. And that's not as blatantly obvious as goals being waved off because that's that's your your bread and butter is the actual goal. But yeah, it changes how you play defense. It changes how you kill a penalty. And it should be possession, by the way. I think it's possession too. No, that's fine. I don't like because if it's touched, then is blocking a shot touching it? No, like it yeah. is, but, but yes, like, yeah, but, but it, like, that shouldn't yeah, but be. Yeah, yeah I, it, I, I think it should be possession too. And you can't ever. I mean, there's going to be times when you end so, up touching the puck and nobody really knows. You probably even have to define possession. For instance, yeah. like, if you remember, uh, I think it was Kemper who pushed the puck to the corner to put it out of harm's way, but the play kept going. Is yeah. that possession? Uh, possession is not bobbling the puck and making a hockey move and it, yeah, uh, staying in bounds. I think it's interesting with the goaltender. Does a goaltender have to basically freeze it for it to not for it to count? See, to but me, that, that, that if a guy amazing. if a guy alters, it's not just altering the direction of the puck though. Uh, sort of like willfully alters the direction of the puck. He changes the play right by pushing yeah. the puck to the corner. To me, that should constitute possession. Yeah, it's a shot. You know, a yeah. shot block banks off your shin pad. That's not. And willful it, possession. Yeah, and, and you can make different rules for a goaltender. If a, if a skater just goes down to his knee and, bl- and pl- the puck hits its stick and goes to the corner, then maybe that's not possession. But if the goaltender, play, if you say the goaltender playing the puck. Right, like willful, again. Yeah. I intended to do that. Yeah. 
Willful possession. Is, I like is this. That's that, that, yeah, but that's extremely like vague. Metal band, too. Yeah, it is. Willful it is, of course. You, again, you have to define it, but there are words that can make it more precise. Let's work on that. Again, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Everybody yes. use your make words. Make it better even if it's not perfect. I like that. I like that. That, that sounds like a that's great a good sign, that's, Okay. We never let perfect be the enemy of good. We did show. not. Um, we'll put up some sort of poll question. I don't know what it'll be. And uh, we got reviews. Well, we got some reviews and hey. some ratings on iTunes. Were they good? Yeah. Hey, yeah, even better. <laughs> no, so, thank, thank you for those of you that, yes. that, that did that. that does Seriously. Actually, it, does, that does help us we out. We wish more of you would do that. Hint, hint. Yeah, that, please yeah. review us. Or you don't even have to write up a review. If you just have two seconds, just click one through five stars, preferably if you're going to take the time to do it. Yes. Uh, I would assume you like the show. And if you don't like us, yeah, never mind. Then we, yeah, forget just go away. This. Yeah. But the, uh, the ratings... Actually, don't go away. Just pretend you're yeah. still listening. Yeah, just keep down, listening. D- download, don't listen. No, listen to, because <laughs> that, that helps. If you don't like it, just download, don't listen. <laughs> just turn it on and walk out of the room. I'll tell you Jamie, what. Jamie has all these phrases today. Download, don't listen. It's like... If you yeah. don't like us, then download us on somebody you don't like's don't phone and turn it on yeah. and then walk out of the room, right? That way they'll have to listen to Jamie talk about nonlinear progression while you're gone. Yeah, I didn't say it today. I'm disappointed. No. I'm just, I'm disappointed. We could have an entire week. bingo card of Jamie's phrases, actually. Yeah, I, I didn't Who's to say that. we don't? Um, all right. So, yeah, definitely do that if you can. It, it helps more than you realize. Please review us. Yes. Have yeah, so I said more, that enough? Please yeah, review basically us. Basically, it helps us so more people can find us. Yes. On iTunes in the sports section in hockey. And, uh, yeah, it ensures continuation of the show. We should have done this at the top of the show, but yeah. maybe next Yeah, week. but we're bad at this. We're yeah, bad we're, at self-promotion. We'll learn. It's only 142 episodes. All right. For, uh, for Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, for Leftovers, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to episode 142 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast.